Well, praise the Lord, saints of God. Praise the Lord. Hello, it's Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I thank you once again for joining me for Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, on today's broadcast, we're going to continue in the series entitled Operating in Authority. This is part number three. And today's message is crucial for all fathers and for all those that are in authority in the household and also in the workplace. Authority always starts from the head down. It is important that all of us that are in leadership align ourselves and be submitted to God and those whom he has called for us to submit to and be accountable to. Yes, we thank the Lord that he is our shepherd and we shall not want. And there is also someone in this earth that God has called you to be accountable to. Then true authority takes place. Well, without any further ado, I want you to hear this message entitled Operating in Authority, part number three, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Let's start that today. So I'm calling you men up. I'm calling men up in this church and all around the world that are listening to us by way of the internet. Praise the Lord. Hello. God bless you in Jesus' mighty name. Um, I'm calling us up to a higher standard of prayer and sacrifice as it relates to our wives, as it relates to our children. Being a father is more than just being a sperm donor. I think someone alluded to that earlier. It's more than just being playing a part. It is an awesome responsibility. It is actually a position of authority within the kingdom of God. And I pray that we were able to, were able to get to that today. And I want to show you just so many wonderful things that are here in the word of God. Are you, ready, are you guys ready to go in the word of God today? Amen. Amen. Well, let's go again to the book of Luke. We're going to start there. Luke, the 10th chapter, Luke 10. Luke 10. Praise God Almighty. Luke 10. Somebody said, we haven't done tithes and offering yet. I know, praise God. But those of you that are joining us online, you can take the opportunity right now and hit that donation button in the top right-hand corner of the screen, and you can go right ahead and do it. Praise the Lord. Praise God Almighty. Luke 10, Luke 10. Just because you didn't receive it does not mean that, that you don't have to display it. Someone has got to set the standard. For the family. God graces the father in the household with vision for the household. He's the one that points the way. He's a spiritual leader. He's the priest of the home. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Oh my God, I know it's not popular, but I'm, it's truth. Unless somebody says it, it's not going to happen. The word of God has to go out forth, has to go forward. The father is the priest of the household. The father is the one who leads his children, leads his wife, uh, even in daily devotion times, in times of prayer, in times of intercession. If no one else is praying in the household, the father should be praying. Hallelujah. If no one else is seeking the face of God, the father should be seeking the face of God. I did not tell you that you would agree with every decision that your father makes. Now, I'm talking about your earthly father here. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Or the earthly dad? I did not tell you that. I did not tell you either that uh, there'll always be uh, comfort around, around dad. I didn't tell you that. But what I am saying to you, that there is an authority there that the children, that the wife can tap into, that there is a reservoir of anointing that is resident in the father that in many cases is untapped. 
And what the enemy is trying desperately to do, he's trying desperately to cause the father to vacate the home so that the home will be devoid of this power that God has resident within that earthly father, within that earthly dad. There is a power, there is an anointing, there is a grace within that earthly dad that cannot be supplied by mom. I don't care if little Janie has two moms. I don't, it doesn't matter. I'm telling you, there is, a, there is a power, there is a grace, there's an anointing that is only supplied within the earthly dad. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, I'm telling you, as we line up with authority, we're going to see this today, actually, in the book of, uh, I said Luke 10, but let's go to Luke 7 right quick. We're going to start there. Luke 7. There's a power and there is an anointing that is resident in an earthly father, in an earthly dad, as we line up, as we line up. Let's read this little bit here. Luke, the seventh chapter, Luke seven. And uh, most of you are familiar with this account. I'm not going to read it all, but you can read it all when you get home. I'm just going to get down to this part. This, of course, is the account uh, when Jesus heals the centurion's uh, servant. He heals him. Let's start at verse number six. Then Jesus went with them, and when he was now not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him, saying to him, Lord, trouble not thyself, for I am not worthy that thou, uh, that thou uh, shouldest enter under my roof. Verse seven. Wherefore, neither thought I myself worthy to come unto thee, but say in a word, and my servant shall be healed. Now look at verse number eight. This is where we want to get um, this text from today. Verse eight says this, for I am a man set under authority. I am a man set under authority. Now, of course, this will be operating in authority part three. I am a man set under authority. Such a very powerful statement. I am a man set under authority. Why is that a powerful statement? Because there are so many men that do not want to be set under authority. There are so many men that just want to be rebellious, just want to do, th do, do things their own way. This man said, I am a man that is set under authority. Now, to be set under authority, we're going to look at this, talks about submission. And when submission is used, especially in the New Testament, it talks about a voluntary assent, um, that you are voluntarily placing your giftings, talents, abilities, whatever you have, you're voluntarily placing them under the control or the influence of another. Especially as it relates to the husband-wife relationship there in the book of Ephesians, the fifth chapter, where it says the wife should submit to her husband. This is a voluntary, this is a voluntary uh, ascent of uh, giftings, talents, abilities under the control or the influence of another. That's, that does not say that the, that the wife is always weaker than the husband. No, because there are many wives that are a lot smarter than their husbands. There are many wives that are physically stronger than their husbands as well. There are many wives that know the word of God a whole lot more than their husbands. But God has set an authority. He has set an order. Are you hearing? Oh, I'm going to preach it anyway. I feel good today. I'm ready, Lord. I'm ready. So it's the same way in the home. 
God has given authority. Here we see here that this man says that I am a man that is set under authority. One thing that I do not trust when I see renegade pastors or churches, one thing I'll ask them is who is your spiritual covering? Who are you submitted to? To whom have you set yourself under the authority? I don't have anybody, just me and God. You're out of order. Hallelujah. Oh, let me say it real good. That's out of order. That's out of order. Who is your mentor? Who are you following? I'm following Tupac. What? I'm following biggest somebody. Who? What? Who is your mentor? I'm following um, this person, that person. Do you actually know them? No, no, I don't know. But listen to their songs. Who are you following? Who are you trying to pattern your life after? There should be someone that you can say, I want to follow that. Remember, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. You can't tell me I'm just going to follow God. No, because all the way in Scripture, everywhere from Genesis to Revelation, when God wants to bring his people out, he always uses somebody. You say, I'm leaving Egypt by myself. I'm going to follow God by myself. You're going to get out there and drown in Red Sea or something going to happen. God put a man there, Moses, somebody for them to follow. There's always someone to follow. He always calls a leader up, someone that he places in authority. There's always somebody. So if someone says, I'm not following anybody, I'm just doing my own thing, that is out of order, and that is not biblical. Are you hearing? And that way, that path always ends in a ditch. If there is no standard that has been set in your life, then that path is crooked. It is not straight. Are you hearing? Amen. You say, well, I haven't found anybody that, uh, that I can count worthy or that I can trust. Keep on searching until you do. Amen. Keep on searching until you do, until you can find that individual. And even with you ladies, there should be a role model, someone that you aspire to. I'm not telling you to be a clone of anybody. I'm telling you there should be something in someone else that you can, some, something about them, and more particular, there should be Christ. You should see Christ, some example of Jesus in this particular person, whoever this person is, that should, you should be able to see Christ in them and say, hey, I want to follow that example. I want to follow that example. Now, I did not tell you that that individual is going to be perfect. As a matter of fact, you don't need them to be perfect. You need them to make mistakes every once in a while so that you will know how to get up when you make mistakes. We can't relate to perfection down here. We can't relate to them. But we can relate to someone whose heart is after God, who's seeking after the Lord, who is doing their best to please the Lord. Hallelujah. You should find that individual. Find that individual, find that mentor, find that person who will hold you accountable and find that person to whom you can be accountable to. Pastor, I messed up or someone on the job. It could be a supervisor. If you don't want church, then don't want church. But you need to have somebody, somebody who can be a, a leader in your own life. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? And so he says here that he says, for I also am a man set under authority. Hearing in such a very powerful statement, because not many men want to be under authority. 
I'm a man said, don't tell me how to run my household. Don't tell me how to treat my wife. Don't tell me how to treat my children. I'll do it my own self. Oh, I'll do it my own self. Me, King Kong, I'll do it my own self. You can learn. There are two ways of learning, really two ways of learning in this life. One, you can learn them by your own mistakes. Or you can learn it by watching the mistakes of others. I'll show whether watch your car fall in the ditch and then, oh, I'm sorry, not y'all, of course. But <laughs> I call you a tow truck, right? But I know that there's a hole there and your front end is in that hole. I weep for you and I'll try my best to help you out of that situation. But it's your car, not my car. Y'all ain't talking to me. But I pray it never be any of our cars. Are you hearing me? But I don't have to go down that road to know the road is out. If I hear somebody else say it is out, it's out. Hallelujah. My family and I were driving uh, back from Atlanta, I believe, on last Thursday. And uh, I heard on the radio that there was possible, possibly a traffic jam. Well, I, I picked up my phone there and, and turned on the GPS and see, oh, yes, there's a lot of red there on I-20. Uh, and uh, what did I do? Did I just keep on going down and nah, it can't be, it's not gonna happen, no, 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 no. No, once I saw it, I began to then think of an alternative route. How else can I go home? Can I get home? And it took us a long way around, hallelujah, but we got there. I wasn't, we weren't stuck, we weren't stuck on I-20 with all four lanes of traffic blocked. The interstate was shut down six miles back. I'm not going to go sit on the parking lot with no bathroom, man. I can't get any food to eat just sitting there. No, no, no. I didn't have to go down there to find out if it's really true. No, I heard the word from my, what I believe is a reputable source, praise the Lord, and then I made adjustments. Hallelujah. And this is one thing here again that the Father is meant to be and the Father's meant to do. You see a storm coming. I don't sit there. I rise up and I'm the one who answers the door. I'm the one who confronts the enemy. Hallelujah. You understanding? This is what the father has been, what uh, was designed to do. You're the one that's confrontational. You're the one who stands against the adversary. Don't send your wife or your children over there. You stand against it. Are you hearing? You stick your chest out. You may have some birds in it, but you stick your chest out. Don't worry about it. You stick your chest out. Hallelujah. You say, I don't know what to do. Well, then you fall on your knees and you ask God. You seek the face of the Father. You be the example for your household. Hallelujah. So he said, I am a man under that is set under authority. I love that word set. Remember we talked about that last time? S-E-T, set. I have, he has willingly placed himself under authority, set under authority. Then he says, having under me soldiers. I'm under authority and I have people under me. And as a result of that, I can say to one, go and he goeth, and to another, come and he cometh. And to my servant, do this and he doeth it. Verse 9 says, when Jesus heard these things, 
He marveled at him, and turning him about, and said unto um, the people that followed him, I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. And they that were uh, sent returned to the house, found the servant whole that had been healed. Jesus said, have your miracle. The thing that we want to extract or take away from this is that in order really to be in authority, you must be under authority yourself. In order to be in authority, you must be under authority yourself. As a matter of fact, the more you submit to authority, the more things will submit to you. We see this in the book of James, this, I believe the fourth chapter, where the Bible says, Submit yourselves therefore unto God, submit, that is, align yourself with his authority, and resist the devil. And he'll flee from you. In other words, the enemy, the power of the enemy will be beneath your feet. The more you align with God, the more the enemy will be under your feet. The more you align with God, the more power and authority that God will release to you. Hallelujah. But if we continue to be rebellious, continue to be a renegade, continue to be a lone ranger. You say, lone ranger is fun. I want to be like him. But when lone ranger and little Tonto, they both find themselves in the ditch, they can't call the SWAT team to help them out. Because it's just them. And that's the problem with being rebellious or that's the, that's the problem with being a renegade. You can't call on support. You have no support. Are you hearing? Yes, on one side it's fun, not being accountable. But on the other side, when trouble hits and trouble will hit, the trouble will outweigh the fun. I guarantee you that. The trouble will always outweigh the fun. It was fun doing this. It was fun doing the, what, the stank leg, right? It was fun doing all these other things. It was fun getting drunk and, and drunk as Cooter Brown. or it, it, it was fun getting high and all these things. It's fun being rebellious, but the trouble that comes as a result of the fun will greatly outweigh it. The trouble will always cause you to highly regret what you did. Are you hearing? So he said, I'm a man that's under authority and, and, and I have people under me. That's one you want to serve. That's the one. That here, here, here are certain keys that you always want to follow. You want to find a leader? You want to find a mentor? Who are they submitted to? Who are they submitted to? Who do they call their spiritual father? Now here again, you may not always agree with dad. Even earthly may not always agree with that. There are many things that I did not always agree, agree with with my earthly father. Many things that I didn't always agree with, but I respected him and I received the anointing. And when dad did pray for me, I received and it was a special day. Hallelujah. Amen. You receive the counsel as long as the counsel lines up with the word of God. Are you hearing? All right. All right, let's go to Luke 10, Luke 10, Luke 10. We're doing well today as we talk, we speak again from the subject of operating in authority. Now, let me tell you this, families, wives, and children. You say, well, I think my dad, I have a good dad, but he really is not praying for me like as much as I would like him to or well, I don't know where my father or the father of the child is. 
What you need to be then doing is asking God to place on his heart the ability to pray. Ask God to turn his heart toward the child because there is an anointing. There is a grace that is only resident within the father. There's only so much that mom can do. And this is why the enemy has attacked the fathers so much in our society. If you look even on um, children's programming, if you look at the family dynamic, there's mom, there's dad, there's the children, especially on uh, some of the uh, kids' networks. And you'll find that on the channel, uh, dad always seems to be a bumbling idiot. And mom always has to step up. And it seems like the children always know best. The home, the family dynamic has been changed, but that is not the word of God. You're not a bumbling idiot. Are you hearing me, men? You're not a bumbling idiot. You are mighty through God. And God can use you greatly to affect a change, even in your own atmosphere, your own jurisdictions, your own family. It may seem that your labor is in vain, but I assure you, every time you bow your knee and pray, it is not. Every time you open up the word of God, over time, every time you open your mouth and you speak a word, it may seem that they do not hear, but I tell you, the records are open in heaven and there are angels are writing the things that you say. Every time you mention the Lord, every time you talk about him, every time you give counsel and wisdom and instruction, God's ear is open and he is honoring what you say. He's honoring what you say. But I'm telling you, as a family, you can call that anointing out of the husband. You can call that anointing out of, the, out, out, of the, out of the dad. You can call that anointing out. You can pray and ask God for that anointing. Lord, you can say, Lord, I know that, that you placed that anointing there. I know you placed that possibility of miracles there within the Father. I know you have. And I want to pull on that for the things that I need and the things that our children need. I want to pull on that anointing. Are you hearing? Even in the house of God, we can do that. As I, as I pull on my spiritual father, as I pull on him in prayer, and as I pray for him on a daily basis, well, just about daily basis, as I pray for him, as I pray for his wife and his family and his fellowship, as I pray and intercede, there are a lot of things that I do not understand. But yet and still, I know that God has aligned me with him. So if, as I pray for the bishop, as I pray for him, I receive the blessings as well. Are you hearing? Yes. Oh, my God. Lord, let's go to Luke, um, Luke 10. As we're beginning to uh, close out just shortly. Are y'all getting this? Yes. All right, Luke 10. Let's start at verse number 17. Luke 10, verse 17. There's an anointing on the Father. There's an anointing there. There is life that comes out of the Father. Amen. There's life that comes out of the Father. There's life. There's strength that comes out of the Father. There's strength. Don't you know as well that the Father in the home uh, can control the atmosphere in a home? The husband can control an atmosphere? Don't you know that he can bring in hell into the home? The home can be fine. Mom and kids doing just fine. Daddy come home. 
if he's in a bad mood, if he has all that mess on him, don't you know he can bring that right into the home? The home can be at peace and the home can be at rest. But when you open the door, boom, he can bring that in. By the same token, he can bring in a strength. He can bring in joy. He can bring in peace. There's something about it when daddy laughs. When daddy laughs, just laughs. Or when daddy smiles. It lets the family know everything is okay. And when daddy is not there, mom's still there with the children. But there's a strength that is not resident. Something is missing. And the home can feel uneasy because the strength of dad is not there. Hallelujah. Y'all mighty quiet. Praise Jesus. But as wives and as children, you can call forth that anointing that God has placed there. He's deposited that anointing there in the office of the father, in the office of the daddy. Are you understanding? Amen. See, this is one thing I, I tell my daughter and I tell the young ladies. When you're going out, when, you, when you're seeking or when you're walking about in your daily life and you are approached, remember, even in biblical times, as it should be today, the man that you want to marry is one that has something that is laid up in store for you. Remember, Jesus is, is, um, is called to be the husband. The Bible says that he's the husband and the church is his bride, or he calls the church really out of the bride. And the Lord said, I'm going away to prepare a place for you so that where I am, you may be there also. He already has some things set in place and set in motion. Already has some things set in place. Now, you can get a job. Yeah, great, great, get a job. Great, more money in the household. Hallelujah. But this man, in biblical order, has things established, has things together, knows how to run, knows how to run his own finances, even if he's only checking the ATM receipt. <laughs> he has some sort of system of running his own finances before he meets you. Some way of running a household before he meets you. And I'll tell any woman, I'll tell any woman, if you want to see how he would treat you, look and see how he treats his own mother. If he curses his mother out, he's going to be cursing you out. By the same token for you young men, if you want to see how she would treat you, see how she treats her own father. And go beyond that. Go beyond that. If you want to see how they will eventually be, if nothing else happens, see the way mama, see the way uh, her mother treats her dad, because that's her example. If you want to see the way um, that uh, if a young woman wants to see a, a man here again, see the way his father, the young man's father, treats the mother. Because that's the example. That's the pattern that is ingrained already in the mind. Are you hearing? Yeah. There's, no, there's no rocket science here. 
Unless someone gets born again and desires to walk as a godly individual and then Jesus changes their lives, they're going to walk in that same old pattern. Hallelujah. If daddy gets drunk and beats on mama, you better watch because the same thing may happen to you if Christ does not intervene. Are you hearing? Because inevitably, the children take after the parents. And you look up, I looked up in the mirror and said, oh my God, when did my daddy move in here? I'm sounding like my dad. I'm sounding like my dad. Are you hearing? Anybody got that testimony? Now, if we have not been raised with our father or mother, we, the only examples that you possibly have are those that are on television or those, hopefully, that you have gleaned from other good marriages. But in most, of, in most cases, children have not been reared with good marriages or what we would say godly marriages founded upon the word of God. So we've had to find our own way. You can set an example even for your children starting today. Even for your grandchildren starting today. You can cut a new road, a new path, which will lead them to God. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, you're preaching mighty strong today. Luke 10. Luke 10, verse number 17 says, And the 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. Understand, the 70, these were the 70 disciples that were submitted under Christ. Now, you know the Lord had more than just 12. Just 12 stuck around after a while. You look at John 666. Later on, you'll find out more about that. John 6 chapter, how many left him. And even Jesus turned to Peter and the other disciples and said, will you go as well? Because what he was saying was hard to hear. He was talking about a full commitment. Are you going to commit to me fully? Are you going to drink, uh, drink my blood and eat my flesh? Are you going to commit to me fully? And many didn't want to do that. They just were hanging around him for or popularity or something good to do. But when the rubber hit the road, many left. And he was left with the 12. But here in this particular case here, he has 70 and he gave them power and authority and they were subject unto him. And he gave because they were his disciples, his learned ones, his pupils, his students submitted unto him. They were submitted to him and he imparted to them authority and sent them out. Are you hearing? Now here, let me say this. If you are having trouble with people following you, Stop blaming them and look at yourself and say, God, am I submitted to you? I'm the first person. If my children begin to rear up against me, if my wife, probably not, but if she began to rear up against me, the first person I'm looking to is me. How, what am I doing to provoke this? What have I done to provoke this sort of activity? God. Have I slipped out of alignment with you? Because if I slip out of alignment, then my authority loses its power and begins to wane. You understand? Let me step back into my place of authority. 
And when I line up with him, everything else will be subject unto me. Are you, are you understanding? Let's go for a little bit longer here. So he gave them authority. And um, starting again, verse 17. And the 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. Verse 18. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Verse 19. Behold, the Lord said, I give unto you one. Power, also translated what? Authority. I give you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Notwithstanding in this rejoice not that the spirits, this is a little thing, don't just rejoice that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written where? In heaven. In heaven. In those heavenly places. Now, we're going to get back to Ephesians 1 because there's so much more that we have to mine out of that. So I'm very excited about that. But I believe the Lord wants us to tackle Luke 10 today for the next few moments that we have here today. Are you still with me? Amen. So it says here, verse 19, let's look at this. Behold, I give unto you, what? Power or what? Authority. Behold, I give unto you authority. Now, authority, again, is the power to govern. It is the power uh, to command. It is the power given to one to cause something else to submit under it. As we've told you before, God did not call us to uh, make man or make woman submit to us. No, but the spirits are subject unto us through Christ Jesus. Again, God didn't, he never called a husband to force his wife to submit. No, that's out of order and that's of the devil. He never did cause um, the parents to force their children. I'm going to lock you in the closet or hit you with a wire coat hanger. In that movie, whatever that was called. That's not godly. Are you understanding? Yes. Using these extreme methods, ruling by fear and intimidation. That is not of God. That is not of God. That is not the order of Christ Jesus. You never find that in the scriptures of how Jesus related to his people. His people. Now, when there was something that is out of order, he went to the temple and he made a cord. He didn't whip people. He whipped the money. He turned over the money changers tables and he whipped the disorder that was there and ran the people out. They were that were not of him that were causing the disorder that were causing the confusion. And then wouldn't it be wonderful if you husbands go home today and you make a whip and you run out everything out of your home that is causing disorder and causing confusion? Say, by the authority of the Father in me, 
I take authority over anything and everything in this atmosphere that is not like God. I take authority over the spirit of infirmity, sickness and disease, poverty. I take authority over rebelliousness. I take authority over it in Jesus' mighty name. Everything that is not of Christ in my home, I command you go and never return again. I stand against you as a watchman on the wall. I will not allow defilement to enter this place. Don't you understand that your home is a place of sanctuary? It's a place of peace. And if anything ever threatens the peace in the home, you ought to stand against it. Because if you can't have peace anywhere else, you ought to be able to have it in your own home. Are you hearing? So this is when you, you break out the weapons, you break out the scripture, you break out the oil, you break out the fasting, and you take back what belongs to you. Are you hearing? Hallelujah. But if the father's not there, if the father's not in place, then the wife or the mother by default, someone's got to stand in the gap. Someone's got to stand in the gap and make up the hedge and go to war for the family. No, it's not the position that was ordained for you, but it is the position that God will give you authority to operate in until old Wooly Wool gets his head together. <laughs> Praise Jesus. Hope nobody's named Wooly Wool in this place. But if the shoe fits, he said, behold, I give unto you power to what? Tread, and we're gonna try to land the plane right now. He said, I give you power, I give you authority to tread. The word tread talks about walking, not leaping, not running, not doing cartwheels, or not doing skip, leap scotch, what do you call it, hopscotch. Yeah, that. He's not calling, this is not that. Walking is a slow, steady motion. Slow, steady movement. Now, I need a volunteer who's going to help me out right quick. Praise the Lord. Yes, boy, I'm telling y'all, getting up like lightning. All right, come on up, son. Come on up, Nicholas. Praise the Lord. I see you in your eyes. Shouldn't have been looking at me. Praise the Lord. All right. Now, come on, stand right there. All right, very good. Now, that there is an obstacle in his path. I just threw an obstacle down there in his path, right? He's so excited to do it, I'm telling you. Come on, play right now, play right. All right. God has called him to tread, giving him power, authority. Look at this. He said, behold, I give unto you power, to tread. Stop right there for a moment. We're going to talk about what is treading on in a minute, but right now, let's understand the word tread. Tread means to walk, right? All right, for a moment, I want you to walk over there. Now, this obstacle is in its path, okay? All right? Now, to tread on, on it, to tread on, isn't that what your Bible says? Tread on, tread on, tread on. Tread means to walk. It means to walk over. It means to crush, crush all right as he's walking now he's going to crush <laughs> he just crushed that obstacle that was in his path they need to say that again son please go back and and crush it as you walk 
And there we go. Look at that. See, he crushed it and cast it aside. Did you see that? All right. Now, go back, and I want you just to stand on it for a moment. We're going to do this in slow motion. Slow motion. Now, as he's crushing it, right, all of his weight is on it. Isn't that right? Tread on, crush. Just for a moment, the weight of your entire body is on this thing. All right, good. Thank you, son, very much. Give him a hand, would you? He said, I've given you authority to tread upon, that is to crush with the feet. Crush with the feet. With the feet. Something that is in your path. Tread on, walking, this is a path. Meaning that there will come obstacles in your way, in your path of living. And the Lord said, I've given you in your journeys, I've given you the ability, the authority, the power to crush things that get in your way. To walk over them. Now, crushing means that there is going, that it's not just going to collapse. There is some sort of resistance that is there. And it's going to take your full weight to crush this thing like you're crushing a can under your feet. You're putting your weight on it. And you're walking on. He said, I've given you the ability to crush those things that get in your way. Well, what, is the, what are those things? He gives us two. What's one of them? Snakes. Look, come on, let's read with me. He said, I've given you um, power or that is authority to tread or crush on what? Snakes and scorpions. Snakes. What are snakes known to do? Look back in the Garden of, Garden of Eden. The snake what is, has the power of deception. Wants to deceive you, wants to cause you to think that God is not for you and that you're by yourself, that he is not with you. You better take your own actions. You better curse God, leave him and do your own thing. Ignore what he said. The snake, very subtle, the same thing that happened with the Lord Jesus there in the mount of what we call um, temptation. The enemy comes to him and tries to deceive him. If you are really the son of God, then command these stones be made bread. He's trying to pull you off of the path through deception. Well, Jesus said, I've given you power over his deception. When, you, when that comes in your path, obviously to deter you from doing what God called you to do, you have the ability to crush that deception and keep on walking on and keep on moving forward, keep on with the momentum. He also said uh, he's given us power over what? Scorpions, scorpions. The scorpion, uh, we see, I believe, in uh, Revelation, the fifth chapter, uh, the scorpion has the power to torment. There is torment in his sting, torment in his tail. This particular enemy is coming for one reason, to torment you. Torment you. Day, night, night, day. Torment you. And the tail also symbolizes a bringing together of resources to bear against you. Its tail, as the Bible clears also in the book of Revelation, how the enemy, uh, like the dragon, he, his tail drew uh, a third of the angels in heaven. A tail talks about dragging resources together to bear against you, stacking up the chips, the odds against you, to sting you, to torment you. So when things are stacked up against you, Jesus said, I've given you power over that to crush it. I've given you the authority to crush that. That's why the Bible says that there's no weapon that is formed against you that shall prosper. And even the gates of hell shall not prevail against you. 
So these two things that the Lord strictly outlines, one, the deception of the enemy in the form of a snake. You will not be deceived. Here again, as you continue to line up under authority. He's giving you the, the authority or the power to crush the enemy, to crush the head of the enemy, to crush the head of the, of the serpent, the deception of the, ser the serpent, and the torments of the, of the uh, scorpion. So if you're being tormented right now in your lives, you have the authority over it. But how much authority over it depends upon how much you are first submitting yourself. The greater your submission, the greater the power you'll have over the enemy. Are you hearing me? Amen. Your ability to subdue your enemy is directly, directly parallels your ability to submit to God or your submission to God. You submit to God a little bit, then you'll have a little power to resist. You submit to God a lot with whole life, then you'll walk like Christ did. Hallelujah. Submitting, submitting to God and every adversary in his way was crushed, was crushed, was crushed. Every obstacle in the way was crushed. You'll see this Old Testament example here. Every time an enemy came up against the children of Israel, when they were in alignment with God, when they were submitting to him, those enemies were crushed every single time. But the times when Israel failed in the Old Testament is when they were out of alignment with God, when they were in sin, when they were doing the fun thing that had terrible consequences. And the enemy came and the enemy crushed them. And that is backwards. The enemy is never supposed to crush you. He's never supposed to defeat you. You are a child of God. Hallelujah. You are sons and daughters of the king. You are seated with Christ in heavenly places at the right hand of God the Father in Christ. You are seated in Christ in those heavenly places. And the principalities and powers are beneath your feet. They are, they are meant to be submitted to you. They should never have the upper hand over you. Amen. Never have the upper hand over you. Hallelujah. Not one moment, not one second in your life. If they are ever above you, something is out of order. If they are subduing you, something is out of order. Because it's never meant to be that way. You are the head and not the tail. Above only and not beneath. Are you hearing? Oh, there's so much more I want to show you, but we're not going to be able to get it all today. I would surely like to. But the thing we have to understand today, here again, we talked about the anointing of the Father. The anointing of the Father, it's there. God the Father has power. Power to bless his children. We've talked about this before. You have the ability to bless your children. Bless your grandchildren by laying your hands on them. As you are in authority, your blessing matters. There is power behind your blessing. Are you understanding? Even if you were part, let's say if you worked at some big corporation, if you worked at the, uh, at the Ford plant somewhere, and you're working on the assembly line, and if the if the head of the corporation came down to the assembly line and if he laid his hands on you and said, hey, you know what? I like you and good things are going to happen for you. 
Everybody sees it. Oh, my God. Who is this that he would come down and do this to you? Oh, buddy, you got a free ticket now. It means something when someone that is in authority lays their hands on you and blesses you. Are you hearing? It means something. We have taken the power from that through our unbelief or by looking at the individual. I'm not looking at the individual. I'm looking at the office they stand in. I'm looking at the place of authority that God has given unto them. Now, if God has not given the authority, then keep your nasty hands to yourself. I'm not looking for a hand of a human. I'm looking for the hand of God. Are you hearing? Don't defraud the blessing over your life. Don't defraud the blessing by your unbelief. Realize that God has it for you and it is there and it is yours, but you have to call upon it. Oh, I pray you've heard the word of God today. We're going to stop there in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We give you thanks, Lord. Oh, Father, we give you thanks. We give you thanks. We give you thanks. We give you thanks. We pray that you are richly blessed by today's message. We would love to connect with you. Just go to our website at kingdomrock.org. You can become our friend on Facebook or follow us on Twitter and subscribe to our YouTube channel and a whole lot more. Right there at kingdomrock.org. We would love to hear from you. And if you're in the Bremen area, please stop by and join us every Sunday morning. Sunday school is at 9 a.m., And Sunday morning is at 10. Wednesday night, we have what's called Hour of Power. It starts at 6.30 p.m. All are invited. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Give us a call at 770-537-1933. We would love to hear from you. And if you have a prayer request, by all means, please log on to our website at kingdomrock.org and click on the prayer page. Until tomorrow, remember that Jesus is Lord. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.